Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 211 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to talk about wrestling. I'm talking. I'm ready uh, for all the wrestling that's going to be in my life over the next like month. Starting with, uh, you know, as this goes live to folks, we're a week away from the uh, big Sokols event uh, for Let's Hang Out. The return, almost a year to the day since the last Sokols event. Oh, geez, it doesn't feel that long, you know? Yeah, well, listen, as someone who keeps, like, tabs on these sort of things, like, there have been shows, it's just, there was the drive-in show, there was the steel stack show, and then this... Yeah, and like COVID somewhere in between, you know? Right. Well, right. So that's the other thing is this, and again, well, this is the weekend that everyone got COVID <laughs> a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Think, like, I, you know, I still was masked up. You know, it's close quarters. There was lots of people that are masked up. Um, and I'm not going to say that it was the LVAC show that did it. Uh, and I'm not going to say that it was everyone uh, but there was definitely maybe a show within 24 hours of that, that there was a lot of people that were on the Sokol show that were on this other show within the 24 hours. Oh. A lot of people that weren't on that show. And then a lot of things mixing. And then, yeah. uh, and then it, like, then I think the weekend of Christmas, like, or like it was the weekend after Christmas where there was supposed to be the one where, like, they had a bunch of cancellations, and, like, we got the cancellation of the show while we were recording the show. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I feel like there needs to be, I'm going to say, four Sokol shows a year, throwing <laughs> the drive-in, maybe steel stacks. Let's go twice on the calendar. No, that's once. That's your WrestleMania. That's once a year. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, that's where you okay. blow off all the storylines, you know? <laughs> run a show in atlantic city that's like their saudi blood money show oh no <laughs> i'm kidding but yeah get in the year of the the powers that be this uh once every fucking four months shit for lvac needs to needs to change well listen i was told that someone was not going to be uh booking anymore he was just going to be talent and then all of a sudden plans <laughs> changed pal you know yeah that sounds pretty kayfabe i wonder who that would be mm-hmm um, but so the other so okay so there's the, you know obviously there's that show coming up. Yeah. Um, I already have uh, my tickets for the live Dynamite in New Jersey or the live Rampage rather in New Jersey. Uh, right. And then two weeks after that, I think is when we have the doubleheader Rampage and the pay per view for AEW. And then Monday the seventh, World Wrestling Entertainment Raw is coming up to our neck of the woods. Oh, are you going? Well, I'm thinking I might reach out to someone to see if I can get freebies. And if I can get freebies, I might just go uh, watch main event and the opening segment and be home in my bed before whatever. <laughs> well, tell Poppy H I said hi when you talk. Oh, I don't call him that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, I, I might fish around to see how I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe they'll put you on commentary like AEW didn't. Yeah. Right, just like AEW did. <laughs> All right, get the hashtag working. No, 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 no. Those don't work. Tweet at the other con on this one. Yeah, exactly. Anything with you? But yeah, just uh, like biz, like the uh, next weekend starts like a month of me going to a bunch of wrestling shows, you know? Yeah. Well, look at you, leaving the house more than I do. 
Yeah, hell yeah. Well, you're Mr. Doll Safari, you know. <laughs> I will. Oh, you know what? I'll we'll, we'll save it for weekly por- purchases, huh? All right, let's do it. But let's start the show proper. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. All right, this day in wrestling history. Uh, not a ton, but a lot at the same time, I guess. All right. Um, so this day in wrestling history in 1990. I know we're close for Adam's cutoff. It still makes it. It's fine. I'm, I'm 1990 all day. Do it. Okay. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment uh, aired, because we always go by air date, uh, Saturday night's main event. It was filmed about a month prior, which is... Uh, more of a turnaround, like a longer turnaround than there had been recently. Like a lot of times, like three weeks was the most, but this is like a month turnaround, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I'm surprised it didn't get ruined, but the results didn't get ruined by the internet, you know? Well, it was a different time, you know? <laughs> this was probably in the newsletters, if you were a newsletter person in 1990, which I was not. Yeah. Uh, Legion of Doom Ultimate Warrior taking on Demolition, uh, Hulk Hogan and Tugboat taking on Rhythm and Blues, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, who had just returned, taking on Coco Beware, and Carrie Von Erich taking on Haku. Now, a lot of this I don't remember, but the one thing that I do vividly remember is uh, Randy Savage versus Dusty Rhodes. Now, a lot of this stuff is... Saturday Night's main event would be... Um, they would blow off, like, house show programs, because you have to bear in mind... You, you have to remember, there was, what, like, three pay-per-views, four pay-per-views back then, right? Yeah. So not everything would make it to pay-per-view, so sometimes they would do house show programs that wouldn't make it to a pay-per-view, but we were moving on to the next storyline, so we just blow it off on Saturday Night's main event, right? Mm-hmm. So this was them blowing off Macho King and Dusty Rhodes that had been going on since Royal Rumble that year. So this program has been going on for 10 months. (laughs) And this is them transitioning Dusty into the program with Million Dollar Man. At SummerSlam, Million Dollar Man had been sending... It was revealed that he had been sending gifts to Sapphire and he had stolen the common woman away from the common man. (laughs) <laughs> then something happened in between SummerSlam and this taping in September that Sapphire was either fired or quit or both. So they're like, well, we already have this storyline doing. What are we going to do? Hey, doesn't Dusty Rhodes as a kid who wrestles? Mm-hmm. So this was the debut of Dustin Rhodes in World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. He, he was just there as a fan. And I, as I start saying this, you might start remembering this because this angle like lives in my head. It's one of my favorite angles in wrestling. So Dustin is just in the crowd as a fan cheering on his dad against the Macho Man, Macho King. uh, Million Dollar Man comes out and buys the entire row, tells them all to leave. So it's just Dustin, Million Dollar Man, and Virgil sitting there watching the match in this row, right? Yep. So the match is going on, Dusty's making his comeback, and then DiBiase and Virgil start beating the shit out of Dustin. Uh, and this leads to a match. So Dusty gets distracted. Macho Man rolls him up. Macho Man gets out of there. The Dusty and Dustin program starts. And out of this is kind of like Dusty wrapping up his tenure in WWF, leading to the Virgil babyface turn. But there's a match on Superstars that happens like a week or two after this, where it's Dustin has a match with DiBiase. And he doesn't have to win. 
he just has to last 10 minutes with Ted DiBiase. And spoilers, he does. And it's crazy. It's such a good match. Like, the crowd is super into it. And, like, look at all the players you have involved. You have DiBiase, you got Dusty, you got Dustin, and Virgil's there holding the money. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, this is prime era. Like, WWE might have been, like, a little bit of a decline, but, like, stuff like this was, like, just so awesome to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the card. First things first, like, it, as far as the people that actually competed in the matches, every single one of them has a Hasbro. So you know your peak WWE. Yes, yes, right. There you go. Um, but as far as the Dustin debut, no, I do remember Haku didn't. Haku didn't have a, a Hasbro, did he? He did. I thought he did. No, no. I think there might have been. No, there was no Haku. Okay, I, I stand corrected. But you're uh, listen. Everyone on the card, but one. We're talking <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen people on the card. Fifteen of them have uh, Hasbro's. I say that's like primary, you know. Yeah, I don't think you can have a, a card on WWE or uh, AEW right now where you have that amount of representation of somebody having a fig. No. You know? For um, sure. But, but as far as like my remembrance of that, I do remember that angle with the, the DiBiase buying the front row. But I never saw the Dustin-DiBiase match. Um, in my, my mind, if I try to think of it, I don't remember Dustin ever having a match in WWF that I saw. Because I feel like I saw his debut, and then months later, flipping through the channels, I stumbled on WCW, or maybe a year later or whatever, I stumbled across WCW, and I was like, oh, he's here now. Like, not realizing, <laughs> like, that he jumped ship. Because, again, I wasn't watching WCW. I would just happen to find it sometimes. Uh, but that I think that was the second time I ever saw Dustin Rhodes was on WCW. Yeah, so he's only he, he's only in WWF until like the end of January '91, and he doesn't have a ton of TV matches. Like he has like job guy matches where like he beats like a Bob Bradley or a Barry Horowitz type, you know. Yeah. Um, and then he has the pay per view match, um, at Royal Rumble where it's him and Dusty against Virgil and Ted, and that blows off that angle. And leads into the Virgil and Ted angle. And that's like really Dusty and Dustin's last appearance on WWF TV for several years. Gotcha. I feel like I when I used to go to the video store and rent the Royal Rumbles, I might have only watched the Rumbles. Oh, know? gotcha. But is, this, is a, this is an underrated Rumble. This is actually, well, and again, we're talking about something that doesn't even happen yet, but who cares? Let's talk about this day in wrestling history, not like... <laughs> not three months from now kind of close in wrestling history right yeah we'll get to him we'll get to it uh so we have our head-to-head -head nitro and raw uh from 25 years ago and they're both very eventful shows right mm -hmm. and nitro is like a lot of little things okay um they're still building toward halloween havoc um jarrett's gone like last week we talked about they set up the match at halloween havoc where it was mongo against Double J, and if uh, Mongo wins, then Deborah had to leave. Well, in between that Nitro and this Nitro, Jarrett quit. Jarrett's gone, right? Okay. And I think Bischoff even buries him on commentary, like during the the Regal-Mongo uh, match, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is also the first show where Goldberg gets, like, his quote-unquote entrance. Like, he has the music... And, like, he does, like, the whole presence. He doesn't have the pyro. He doesn't have the smoke yet. But this is the debut of him having the Goldberg theme. 
okay, but we're still months away from him getting the walk from the back with Sakai. Right. This yeah. is literally his fourth match on TV. Gotcha. But the pieces are starting, like I said, the pieces of everything are starting to come together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had been building on TV, and we didn't mention it here, but this is another dropped storyline. So two years prior, uh, WCW did a Disco Inferno versus Miss Jacqueline, Jackie, uh, Jackie match, right? Mm-hmm. Disco's back. He's the TV champion. They want to try to do it again. And they've been building it up on TV for the last couple of weeks. But this is the TV where they blow off the angle without doing a match because WCW gets told by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which is where Halloween Havoc was going to be, that they could not promote a man versus woman match, <laughs> even though they had been building a, several weeks of TV around it. OK, yeah, you think WCW would learn by this point, you know, it was like <laughs> 10 years earlier, six, seven years earlier. They tried that, you know? Yes. Uh, so the main event, a ton of things happen. Main event is Rick and Scott, the Steiners, winning the tag titles uh, from Scott Hall and replacing Nash because surprisingly somebody was doing a job and he was hurt. You know, smartest man in wrestling. Oh, but when uh, Shawn Michaels does it, it's a problem, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just making sure you go on record. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, if you if you if you if you watch Nash's podcast, especially this week's episode, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. <laughs> retroactively we've forgiven him for all this stuff but now he's double forgiven alright fine so uh, Waltman's in the match uh, Waltman gets hurt in the match um, this is his last WCW match and within the net like by the end of the month he gets his FedEx released from uh, Bischoff right mm-hmm. Then there's this show closing angle where a bunch of stings come down and start attacking the NWO. And this is the debut of the first time that Sting was disguised as Sting. Okay, yeah, he rips off the mask and he's got the face paint underneath it. Yes, there's, right. and like I said, there, you've seen the gif of it where, like, because he's done it before, there was a couple times he did it in TNA, but there's the famous one in WCW where he takes off the mask. And he's got the face paint, and you see, like, Waltman and Hall kind of in the background, like, reacting to it, right? Yeah, it's become, like, a classic meme whenever you want to basically, like, say, like, you're revealing yourself type thing. <laughs> right. So, to, because today's the anniversary of it, like, the full gif of it, and there's just literally stings just coming down from everywhere. There's groups of five coming down the aisleway. They're coming down the stairs in the arena, and they're all just swarming the ring, and they're all just getting, like, bumped, right? Like, one punch jobs, boom, 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 everyone's going down. And the NWO is standing, and it's like NWO at full strength. And then there's one that comes up on Bagwell, and Bagwell punches him, right? Mm-hmm. And this sting no-sells it. But Buff, like, turns his back, because they've just been bumping all these stings. Bagwell turns his back, and he starts doing his shit, right? And when he hits this one sting, and this sting doesn't bump like all the other ones does the fucking place explodes because they know that's real sting, right? Uh-huh. So he grabs Buff, gives him the scorpion death drop, gets up, and then that's when he does the reveal. And then, like, obviously, you can only have so much in a gift, but then, like, the utter clown over the top, like, backpedal sell that Hogan does when he realizes that it's real sting adds so much more to it. If you could track down the full, like, clip of it it's like three minutes you know whatever you could do a full clip if you're not like a verified account on twitter go find it it's so much fun don't wait through the whole episode of nitro right (laughs) 
But like I said, lots of little pieces. Okay. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be tough to tell how things go, uh, with this kind of talent exchange that's about to happen. I mentioned in between last week and this week's nitro Jarrett quit and he's going to end up in WWF very soon. Uh, in between last week and this week's raw is when Vince told Brett that he wouldn't be able to pay him on the 20 year contract that he signed him to. And that if he wanted to go negotiate with WCW, he could. Okay. Okay. So that happened in between last week and this week's Raw. <laughs> Who gets the better end of that deal then, Jared? Or, uh, like, if you're. D- I'm asking you as the perspective of the promotion. Would you, you know, do, you, do you want Jared or do you want Bret Hart? I'm putting you on the spot here. It's two of your favorites. It is two of my favorites. Uh, 1997, Bret Hart was unstoppable. And it took a company as inept as WCW to screw it up, right? Well, Goldberg figured out a way to stop him. <laughs> well, and the, even before Goldberg, like the uh, the mishandling of Bret Hart, even before Goldberg kicks him in the head and like gives him a concussion mm-hmm. and then gives him like several concussions in that match. Um, Bret Hart was like, I don't know, man. He was really super mishandled, you know? Yeah. Um, so like I said, um, you know, more bits and pieces of the world wrestling, uh, entertainment attitude era stuff, uh, is in this raw as well. I mentioned the Steiners won the titles on nitro, the Legion of doom win the tag titles here on raw. Um, this is the first appearance of the Jackal with the truth commission. Okay. And I know you're going to ask me who's the Jackal. Oh, I know uh, who the Jackal is. It's uh, Cyrus. Okay. That's that's uh that's uh the 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 redheaded rebel who doesn't know who the Jackal is. <laughs> uh, Man, this, I was redheaded Fabio. <laughs> this is the last appearance of the Patriot on WWE TV. Okay. Uh, he's supposed to come out for a match. Uh, with Triple H, Rick Rude comes up behind him, throws hot coffee in his face, and hits him with the Halliburton, and then, like, he's just gone. Never mentioned again, right? <laughs> yeah. But his um, theme song will live on. Right. His, th- his theme song will live on, but think about the Patriot. Like, his run in WWE was less than three months, and he got uh, a Jax-, Jax figure out of it. Yeah. I mean, his run, like, he was at the top of the card for those three months, too. He, he came in at the top of the card. Yeah. Um, So we have that. We have that. We have that. Um, We have the... Okay, I mentioned that. Uh, This episode of Raw is the first time the words Degeneration X are said. Okay. In the the promo, right? It's like Sean's like, you can call us a bunch of degenerates, you know, blah, blah, blah. I remember that. Uh, The promo doesn't hold up. It's very bad and very forced. But, uh, you know... Here we are 25 years later, and we're still celebrating Degeneration X, right? Yeah. I mean, one of them is a really good worker still. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> I was going to say two of them are dead, and anyway, <laughs> at least if the initial group. But well, no, I'm talking about the, the, the overall group. Yes. And I'm not talking about Swoggle. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, again, he was the mascot. He was, oh, you're, you're talking about JB and Wes. I'm talking. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm talking about Billy Gunn, but... Oh, okay. Well, speaking of Billy Gunn, now, it didn't happen on Raw, but they showed the the clip package from Shotgun Saturday Night because we were all watching Shotgun Saturday Night back in 1997, right? I was, if I can find it. Okay. 
So on an episode of Shotgun Saturday Night is where uh, the New Age Outlaws formed, and they show the recap of it here on Raw. Okay. They don't have the shirts and all. No, no, no. So this was just, um, it was a Billy Gunn versus Flash Funk match. I'm sorry, Rockabilly versus Flash Funk match. Rockabilly still being managed by Honky Tonk Man. They do the gimmick where the the manager on the outside goes to clip the guy's leg and he's not looking and he clips his own guy's leg and it leads to the finish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, after the match, Rockabilly and Honky Tonk Man get into a little like dust up over it, right? Like a little shoving, arguing. Uh, the real Double J, Jesse Jamis, comes out <laughs> and makes a plea to Rockabilly to drop Honky Tonk Man and come with him. Honky Tonk Man runs down Jesse Jamis and says the immortal words, Willie Will, are you with me? <laughs> and he turns his back. Uh, Rockabilly picks up the guitar, waffles Honky Tonk Man with the guitar. Jesse Jamis and Rockabilly embrace. They're now a duo. And then next week's Raw is where we get the full rebranding, the name, and the entrance, the everything. But it's the fact that they showed the the recap of it from Shotgun on this Raw. You know, it counts. We're talking yeah. about it. <laughs> I like it. All right, cool. Yeah, I, Shotgun, I feel like I was only able to watch a couple episodes because it was one of those things, like, in syndication, so it bounced around for me, you know? Now, see, you, you know, we lived in the same area, so I think it was, uh, f- you know, whatever, like, uh, 56 um, it was always on 56 at midnights. Now, sometimes it would be like a little bit later. Sometimes it'd be like 1230 and, you know, but it'd always be like around like midnight or one on a Saturday night. Duh. Um, and I was already kind of given up on Saturday Night Live by this point. And it wasn't until it became jacked and or metal that it got like a consistent time slot. But that wasn't for like another like four years. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right, so that's the past. Let's talk about this last week. What do we want to talk about from this last week in wrestling? All right, I'm just going to go chronologically. I think I'll save the thing that we might overlap on <laughs> for later. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about Extreme Rules, WWE Extreme Rules, and obviously the return of your buddy Bray Wyatt. I actually watched this pay-per-view, first of all. Shocker. <gasps> Uh, watch might be a little bit strong, but it was on live in my household. And like, I was aware of things that were happening, but I wasn't paying much attention because most of the show was a stinker. Um, the opening match, like the Donnie Brook was a fun match, but everything else just overstayed its welcome. But, you know, obviously at the end of the show, we have Rollins losing to your boy, uh, and your boy and the lights go out, the lights go out, the lights go out. And we have the whole world in his hands being said over and over again, which I actually enjoyed. So I want to just say there were parts of this re-debut, return, whatever, that I liked. Because I've been pretty open and honest about the fact that I enjoyed much of the Fiend stuff. I hate the Fiend lore. I hate, like, Fiend fans on Twitter. But I enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse. I enjoyed the early Fiend stuff. I like Bray Wyatt. So when you got him saying, like, you got the, I got the whole world in my hands, whatever it was, and you got the people with their cell phones doing the Firefly thing, I thought that was cool. It stopped being cool very quickly when we started seeing the, the human versions of the mascots, 
which I thought was super stupid. And then you have like the severed head of like the fiend or Bray Wyatt or whichever mask was on the commentation station. Hated that. I hated the, the the short stubby fiend that was at ringside that the crowd went nuts for thinking it was the real fiend. Hated all that. Um, and I also just kind of parenthetically will add, I hate the internet speculation of like, oh, who's going to play Rambling Rabbit? Who's going to be, you know, uh, Huskus the Pig? No, stop that. That's stupid. But then you get the door with the light behind it and it opens. I'm like, all right, that's cool. He comes out with the stupid mask on. I don't like that. And then he inhales so strongly that he blows out the the lantern instead of, uh, you know, blowing it out. It, it went out too quickly. But what I'm getting at is there were parts of that that would have been cool if it wasn't for the stupid live mascots and uh, just the reaction to it on the Internet. But with that being said, I didn't hate it overall. And I, I'm not going to say I'm here for The Fiend, but I'm interested to see what they do next. So, um, uh, okay, so uh, I did not watch all of Extreme Rules, uh, you know, because I have a family and so forth, and they don't want to watch wrestling. So I picked it up, like, on the finish of Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> all right, I, I'm sorry to have seen that. Um, I thought Edge versus Finn Balor was good. Uh, way too, too long, long. Too, too long. Like every edge match is way too long. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where like, okay, well, we know the finish is going to involve Beth. We know they're going to threaten Beth. He's going to, you know, uh, quit so that they don't do something to Beth. Beth, he quits and they still do the thing to Beth. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh man, Dominic Mysterio is doing such a good as like a stooging heel. Whatever. Who are, who are those people? Take away their license and the right to vote. <laughs> right. Um, the the fight pit match was very funny because, like, obviously Riddle has, you know, MMA experience, but Seth Rollins is, like, as wrestle-ass of a sports entertainer as there possibly could be. So he's like, I'm not even going to try to do fake MMA. I'm just going to do, like, my clowny heel shtick and ho- cross my fingers and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Now, leading up to this, of course, I think there was like a little bit on SmackDown, which we're going to come back to because we're not doing everything that happened of note in the la- you know, in order here. But there was like a little like eight bit vignette of like the White Rabbit and all of this stuff. Um, there was a person walking around at the uh, Core State Center uh, at Extreme Rules dressed as like the White Rabbit, like you know the the gimmick that would be with um, uh, Adam Cole or whatever it was, Adam Cole, uh, Adam Rose. <laughs> Yeah, don't get those too confused. Uh, no, definitely not. Um, and then I guess they were handing out like this like word find puzzle to people as well. Yeah. And I don't think anyone like found anything of note, but like a lot of people just like making jokes and like not doing how a word find works. And like, oh, here's just me circling random letters so like it focuses on like Benoit's back, or you know what I mean? <laughs> uh so all of that being said, as you and I have mentioned before on this show. We were big fans of all the early Firefly Funhouse and the build and like before it got too far up its own ass with the lore of everything. You know, it was an interesting take on how this character was going to be. And then they build it up for four months before he has his first match and then the initial match with all the Fiend presentation. And then because of a screw up with the announcing of the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, they accidentally announced that it's Rollins versus the Fiend. People see it. 
So they're like, fuck, I guess we got to put Rollins on The Fiend on the pay-per-view. And then, like, how do we get out of this without killing The Fiend in his second match ever and not taking the title off Rollins? And that more or less killed The Fiend gimmick dead for me at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I ever want to see Bray Wyatt, whatever his new character is, wrestle a match. We can't have something of this magnitude every week on TV. Uh, but I thought the time and effort that was put into this um, gives me a little bit of hope. I give him one match, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously, you know, I don't get involved with other people's stupid shit in regards to like, oh, well, you know, for weeks they'd been speculating. They're like, oh, well, all the other puppets and like Karrion Cross is this one and Scarlet is that one and Dexter Loomis is this one. And then when the picture comes up of all of them in the outfits posing backstage – because uh, it was a Saint, uh, Tom Savini guy that did, uh, like, the design work on, like, all the costumes and stuff. So people are like, oh, I can't believe they all posed backstage for a group photo of, like, the spooky return of Bray Wyatt. And I'm like, who cares, right? Yeah. You're spending way too much time. But that's the <laughs> WWE is making you want to spend this much time trying to figure things out by making this thing, thing seem better. But it doesn't – I don't think it's over because there was still, like, hidden QR codes on Raw and, like – little clues and shit like that all throughout Raw. So I don't think this is over just yet. I don't think all of those people that we saw popping up in the arena are going to be characters as part of Bray Wyatt's group. And because his, like, uh, Twitter symbol is, like, Wyatt 6 or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a six-person group. No, you're reading too much into it. I think Bray works best as part of a group. doesn't need to be six people, but... Like, go back and watch the Wyatt family versus, like, the Shield and all those other matches. Like, Bray was great in those matches. Sometimes you're just not a single a singles wrestler guy, you know? Yeah. No, and I, I think remember, that's kind of where Bray falls in, right? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, like, the Wyatts against the Shield. I think they, they ran that a couple times. Those were all fucking bad. And they were all great. Yeah. And even when uh, Wyatt and Randy Orton were, like, a tag team, right? Um, they were really good matches. They would have really good matches together. And it's just some guys aren't just cut out for that singles lifestyle. Um, I- I'm hoping they have a plan. Like I said, I'm giving them one match before I completely sell the whole thing down the river. I'm not as nitpicky about the whole presentation of what happened at the end of Extreme Rules as you were, Adam. But I will say this, as much as I don't think that Bray Wyatt is a singles guy, I am salivating at the idea of a Bray Wyatt versus Cody Rhodes match. <laughs> Oh man, how many stars is that going to be? I, I listen. It's already it's starting at three, right? It can only go up from there. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Like, I, and I, I will say, I, I neglected to mention during like the rundown of the return. Like, I liked them showing the funhouse all decrepit and yeah, like, like I said, down. I thought that was cool. You know, it, it was a good presentation to like kind of say like, hey, we're acknowledging that this guy had a past in the company. You know, from a storyline, World Wrestling Entertainment, whatever sort of thing, um, like, all these things are kind of gone. Like, here's this guy's entire past being just, like, stripped away, and he has a new mask, and he has a new look, and he has a new whatever, but it still plays homage to all these other things. But at least from a dollars and cents sort of thing, people are still going to buy Fiend stuff because it was a cool design, and people, because they like Bray, are going to buy whatever the new design gear stuff is going to be, right? Yeah. So it's a guy who's going to be selling stuff of an old gimmick that no longer exists, and they're going to be selling off the new one that we haven't even seen anything yet for, other than a mask, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and and I I'm in the minority. I don't give a shit about the work rate of his matches as long as the storytelling is is good, you know. And I think sure you can hide a lot of the stuff in the in tag matches and whatnot. But right. I hate I hate the idea of people fantasy booking like who's going to be each person. They just pick the spooky people. It's right. so lazy. Like storyline wise, wouldn't it be better if like Bray Wyatt corrupts a whole bunch of like goody two shoes to his evil ways, as yeah. opposed to just like taking all the spooky people and just saying like now you're extra spooky i guess <laughs> yeah and keep him the far the fuck far away from alexa god damn it and now i have to well. mute my my echo here <laughs> but uh yeah if you, wore, if you wore headphones you wouldn't have to worry about that well i know because i would still be saying it it's not oh. like the headphones would mute my mouth oh gotcha yeah but uh yeah we've done she's not fully rehabbed from the stink of the burnt fiend. Is she still carrying around the goddamn doll? Uh, it's again, it's it's a vestigial tale of that old gimmick. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we'll work on that. It'll be gone eventually, but keep her away. I don't like that, but anyways. Well, I think did we overlap on that? Were you gonna talk about yeah. the fiends? Oh, yeah. okay. But you uh uh missed maybe the more important uh, uh, return, I guess, or rebranding that happened this past week in World Wrestling Entertainment. Oh, Gallows and Anderson? No. Oh, my God. No. Oh, oh, okay. uh, again, good, good for them. Um, perpetual bag getters. Um, <laughs> living the life of a Kevin Nash, doing the least amount of work for the most amount of money, talking the most amount of shit, but because they have friends in the company, will always be able to get a job wherever they are, right? Yeah, I respect the hell out of that. <laughs> Somebody pointed out online that this is Gallo's sixth run in World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, people forget, like, you know, Festus, Straight Edge Society. Well, you got Fake Kane. Oh, yeah, I forget about he, that. He was the Fake Kane during the See No Evil build. Uh, <laughs> all the May 19th shit. Then he was Festus. Then he was, um, you know, Straight Edge Society guy. Uh, then he was, oh no, so this is fifth. Then he was like first time Good Brothers, and now it's Good Brothers 2.0. Yeah, you sprinkle in some Bullet Club and some Aces and Eights. He's had a bunch of lives. Right. But the biggest rebrand, Adam, right? I know there's people out there that are on that Nightmare Narcotic. Well, I got the cure for the Nightmare Narcotic, and that's the L.A. NyQuil that I'm drinking over here. I know we had the tease of it the week before on SmackDown where he threw down the belt that said Max on it. But this week, he came out, he attacked um, Mansois and uh, Masse, and he said, don't call me that name, that name is done. And he says that he's back to be an L.A. Knight. Uh, what's his face on commentary? Uh, uh, Barrett says, he's like, I knew he looked familiar, right? You know, killing that. <laughs> and uh, listen, do we need another 41-year-old guy at the top of the card? I say, yeah, dummy, we do. If it's um, LA night, we do, yeah. <laughs> we need a good, halfway decent, like, B-level baby face, right? And, like, he'll be a halfway decent guy to maybe rack up some wins. And, like, Roman could smash him on an episode of SmackDown in four minutes, you know, when Roman <laughs> feels like showing up for work um, on his way to, like, defend the title against, like, Cody or, you know, whomever. But uh, I say I've worked myself into a shoot of being an L.A. Knight fan. So, yeah, I'm happy that he's back as L.A. Knight. 
<laughs> yeah, you're committed. Like this is a this started off as a bit, I oh. feel like, and it's evolved into a genuine love. When he comes out, that first episode of SmackDown, when he comes out and they announce him as the million dollar megastar from Hagerstown, Maryland, you're going to hear me scream miles away. <laughs> they need to just run back the entire uh, Cameron Grimes thing again on the main roster. Because, I mean, a lot of people didn't see it. Why the hell not, man? They used to do that all the time. Like, obviously, NXT and WWE are, like, the same thing. But, like, back in the 80s, like, you'd run an angle in Memphis. And then, like, when that crew of guys would go to, like, Continental or Mid-South or, like, as they'd go up the chain to Crockett, and it was, like, that same group of, like, two to four to six guys. It's a new territory. No one's seen this before. You know, there's no internet. Like, my the TV in Florida wasn't crossing over to the TV in, you know, the Carolinas, you know, or if it was, it was, like, in such a small number. So they would just run the same angles, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, if you can have, like, Gargano and Ciampa facing off on the main roster, or like, or Gargano and uh, Austin Theory, you can... You can, like, just do the same stuff, but maybe just acknowledge the past. I don't know. I just want to see them do that again. Bring the million-dollar belt back. Keep DiBiase at home. Uh, just do it all. But I don't um, know. I always had a soft spot for not the in-ring work. Because, again, I don't care about the in-ring stuff. But uh, the promo work of uh, L.A. Knight, as I point to the screen. Of course. As you're supposed to. Yeah. But I'm happy that you're happy, Joe. <laughs> Um, as everybody should be, but I will say that my final thing, and I would hope that we overlap on this, is the fact that Mr. Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy defeated Pac last night on Dynamite to win the All-Atlantic title. I hope I got that right, because I can never remember that belt. Right. Uh, Quite possibly now that OC has, it'll put some respect on the belt, you know, some prestige, so I'll remember the title of it. But fun match. Not uh, not the greatest match, but uh, I, I like the fact that Bryce was smartened up and he knew that Pac was going for the hammer. And Danhausen was there all masked up and he cursed Pac, uh, which I knew, like, you can't have Pac win that match uh, after getting cursed by Danhausen because that'll just ruin all the, the Danhausen lore. But it's just fun <laughs> to see Orange Cassidy, you know, he got the big win. I was... I was skeptical, not that he like would eventually be champion because obviously he's going to be, but like I, I was not a fan of the handling of like him versus Pack and the Death Triangle versus Best Friends. I just wanted instant gratification. I wanted uh, Orange Cassidy to be a champion like a year ago, uh, but I'm glad we finally got there and the celebration was cool with all the confetti. And after the show went off the air. Chris Statlander brought him down his backpack, which is just all kind of good feelings for me. So I look forward to him keeping the uh, the title in the Jan sport for a long time to come. You know, I'm I'm uh, no monster and we're going to go backwards on this one. I'm no monster. So I might have you, uh, the little monster, go and look to see if anyone in the group uh, and you know what group I'm talking about has made, like, a replica All-Atlantic title, you know? Uh, so I could give it to my OC figure. And again, I know I haven't bought, like, every OC figure. And he's got, like, what, three AEW figures now? He only has two. I could. Doesn't he have a third one on the way? Uh, 
there's one announced, but it's many yeah. lines away. Yeah, yeah. So if that one comes with the All Atlantic title, I'll absolutely be buying that. You know, to get an OC with that belt. Um, as soon as the Jericho Danielson match was like middle of the show, I'm like, oh my god, OC's winning the belt because they weren't going to save that. If 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 there wasn't going to be a title change, it wasn't going to be the main event, right? Yeah, and it would have just been too many kicks to the dick of the audience to have yeah. Daniel Garcia turn heel again and Danielson not win the belt and then have Pac win at the very end, you know? Right. Um, and OC is like a super over character. I thought the match was good. Um, you know, I think their first match that they had on pay-per-view, which was like OC's like first match match in AEW, like really is like the, the standard bearer for all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm always going to be a sucker for anything that OC does. Uh, he's my guy. You know, um, I was super happy. I bit on like every false finish in the last like three minutes in the match. I thought it was over every single time. And then it was the second Superman punch and he hits it. Um, you know, and it, it, like he got to do so much in that match. And I'm so uh, happy for him and so proud. Um, you know, obviously I get where you're coming from that you wanted that instant gratification, but it made sense to do it. Like it's our first time in a new market. Um, you know, it's a a much bigger crowd. Let's give these people something to go home happy with. Um, and now, you know, we get OC and probably a high profile match, uh, on the pay-per-view coming up, you know, and if things are playing out the way that they could be, um, you know, worst case scenario, it's another match with Pac. Best case scenario, it's him versus Ethan Page, you know? Yeah, and, and their matches have been, like, super fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good for Orange Cassidy, good for his fans, you know, the many, many of them out there, and anybody that's, like, you know, a detractor to, the, to his winning this belt can go fuck themselves. Yeah, I don't, listen, I don't go and search that shit out, but there was some fucking jerk-off in the crowd last night, I don't know if you saw him, with, like, the big, giant, like, shocked cornet face sign, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, what sort of jerk-off are you that, like, one, you're a cuck for Jim Cornette, we could just kind of end the situation right there, but that you pay AEW your hard-earned money so that you can go there and hold up the sign of a picture of a guy who you are a simp for so that maybe he might mention it on his podcast? That's like shedding viewers and Patreons by the day and is like beyond irrelevant at this point. But like he caters to a certain audience and there's a lot of them out there. This whole wrestling the way that it used to be. And like they don't even remember what wrestling was the way it used to be. And like 25 years ago, Jim Cornette was part of the Attitude Era going on TV and cutting shoot promos on the other company and, uh, you know, news journalists for writing bad press for the world wrestling entertainment. Right. So like, Mm. that's the guy that you look up to and listen, man, Hey, I'll admit I, for a long time, I was a Jim Cornette fan and you know, it wasn't until he started making like, I I get if you're not a fan of somebody's work, I get if you're not a fan of somebody's character, I get it. Right. But like when he started taking like personal shots, like, as a person, not as a wrestling performer, but as, like, the person at, like, OC and, you know, Danhausen and this one and that one. Like, he's a fan of Danhausen, but, like, OC specifically, it's, like, when he started making those personal attacks. And, like, I'm not even a Kenny Omega fan, but, like, when he started accusing Kenny Omega of being, like, a pedophile, and I'm, like, okay, like, we're done here, right? And, like, here we are, like, four years later, and he's still doing it, and there's still people giving him money for doing it. 
I don't know, man. Fuck that guy. I wish he got thrown out. Um, I don't know. I wish there was a way to filter those people out of my life. And I hate, I hate any time like trending topics for wrestling comes up. It'll be like Orange Cassidy, so on and so forth, something else. And Jim Cornette will always be in there because anytime anything happens in wrestling, you get those jerk offs that are just tagging Jim Cornette in every fucking post. And it just pissed me off seeing that goddamn sign of the sign last night during OC celebration. I almost said a different name, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and I don't think it was Orange Cassidy related, but uh, maybe a month ago on Dynamite, there was like two guys in the front row wearing Cornette shirts, and they were just standing the entire time yeah. looking like they were like bored, like just an exaggerated bored face, like no movement, just to be like, oh, look at us, we're Cornette fans, and we hate what we're seeing. Right. You know? Aren't we great? Like how we just spent hundreds of dollars for front row seats. We're really showing them, you know? <sighs> Oh, they're so stupid. Unfucking believable. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about from this last week? No, that's it. I mean, how do you top the fiend? You know? All right. Well, LA Knight and Orange Cassidy, that's how you top the fiend. Oh, I guess right. Yeah, but he's yeah. not the fiend. He's Bray Wyatt. He's not the fiend. He's yeah, he's uh, something. He's a he's a rabbit. <laughs> Listen, his mom called him the fiend. I call him the fiend, all right? <laughs> all right, let's get the voicemails, huh? All right. Hello, Joe and Adam. This is Kevin Ford calling back after last week. Thank you again for playing my both my voicemail and my segment about the free Kevin Ford movement. But I had to call back in this week as good friend of mine, future co-guest on Hit My Music about They Might Be Giants and sepia button connoisseur Sue Jackson alluded to the Mysterium populace puzzle that Chikara had at this time, which is a little bit of PTSD hearing about because <laughs> myself and a few friends spent hours and hours and hours on Zoom trying to put it together, which I have to mention was encouraged, the, the group portion of it. And so I mentioned that I was able to send three questions to this Jakara Answers GMX email last week. And it just so happened that one of my questions was, will the answer to the Mysterium Populous puzzle ever be revealed? And there gives the whole explanation as to what the Mysterium Populous puzzle was, which I wanted to help to explain um, from Chikara's own words, but also to unfortunately burst Adam's bubble a little bit as the prize has been discontinued. So the answer to the question, will the answer to the Mysterium Populous puzzle ever be revealed was, Mysterium Populous was an overt homage to the concept of Publius Enigma that was tied to the Pink Floyd album, the division bell. <laughs> Unlike the Enigma, the Mysterium was given a very specific time frame to prevent it from going on indefinitely. There were 13 phases to the Mysterium, each shorter than the one before it, leading to a final phase with just one clue and one possible answer. The person that correctly solved the Mysterium would have been awarded a prize of every single Chikara DVD produced up until the day the Mysterium was solved. It would have also led to the release of a four-minute video that foreshadowed much of Season 12. On the 365th day of the Mysterium game, no person or group had even progressed to the third phase, leaving the vast majority of the puzzle unsolved. The failure of the fans to solve the Mysterium populace means the video has never, and will never, be released. All I will say is that amongst my group of friends trying to solve the puzzle was somebody who won the Teacher's Jeopardy tournament. So if that guy can't solve your puzzle, maybe it's a little too convoluted and long. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
Oh, man. What are all those Chikara DVDs? I have a good chunk of 2005 to 2000 whatever in my basement if you want them. Oh, see, I'm a physical media guy. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you, Kevin, for that information. Kevin is working on something for me for uh, my homework for next week as well. Oh, outsourcing yes. stuff. Yes. Well, again, uh, you know, uh, Kevin and I were talking about it, and like, obviously, he sees where everything is going with what I'm assigning, and he had heard me lamenting about like a specific moment, right? And he goes, well, I have all those things on like a Google Drive, like all those individual moments wrapped up. He goes, I could just put together a playlist for you that kind of fills the gap in between this show that we did last time and the next thing that I would assign to you. So the next thing that I'm going to assign to you gets moved back so that you could get like this like mega mix of all these like th- three to four minute clips to yeah. fill in all those gaps, you know? Oh, Kevin's making me a wrestling mixtape. That's yes. so, so sweet of him. That's so 1994. <laughs> just, do, just don't put something I can never have uh, by Nine Inch Nails on there. It sends the wrong message. <laughs> I know that from experience. Oh. <laughs> Next caller. Hello, all. It's the strongest man in all the land, Arthur MacArthur. I'm making this call as of Wednesday uh, afternoon. Guardians lost last night, real tough one. You know, hopefully they can turn around. I really don't need the excessive gloating from uh, Adam um, if the Yankees pull this series off. So here's hoping. But anyways, what I want to talk about today, and I'm not going to name any names, but you'll know who I'm talking about, I assume. There's this wrestler, a longtime wrestler, probably like 20 years, who's made a TikTok recently, who's made a whole thing about, oh, the difference between a pro wrestler and an indie wrestler. And it's just those, it's the whole gimmick, the shtick is like, oh, uh, you know, this is real fighting, this, this, that. Oh, you want to do all these crazy supers? Why just throw one punch? That's a real wrestler, you super indie marks. And um, I think the whole shtick sucks. This is a guy who's gone 20 years, baby. Nobody knows who this guy's name is. I don't even know who he was. All I know is he has this, probably a gimmick, unless, you know, but with every gimmick, there's some truth to it about hating current modern wrestling and shitting on everyone. Well, these people you're making fun of, these running European spots, which I fucking do, and it works, and it's great, and everything else, you know, these people have made more money than you. These people have been signed. Who are you? You think it's cool to just shit on everybody who's done better than you, gotten over, connected better with fans? Congratulations on getting some followers on TikTok. And congratulations for thinking you, quote, unquote, worked the boys. But, no, I just think this bitterness is toxic. And this mindset of, like, very simple, hard-nosed, fine, real wrestling is boring. Okay. I'm sorry that that doesn't draw the seat. I'm sorry it's not what it could be. Now, look, I believe in wrestling should be a fight. I believe, you know, it should be as realistic as possible. But at the same time, there's different forms of wrestling. There's different flavors of ice cream. Everyone has a different taste. So stop being bitter. And, I don't know, be better. You know, there's no need to be bitter. That's all I got. And uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'll uh, send you the clip. All right, that's all I got. Have a blessed day and go guards. 
Oh boy. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, we'll get to the wrestling thing in a second. I, I, as far as the Yankees versus the Guardians, I'm not here to talk trash. I'm just here to enjoy the games. Uh, I'm going to enjoy watching all three games in their entirety, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. So, uh, you know, congratulations, Guardians, on your season. It's it's a shame that there's not much left of it. But other than that, as far as the the wrestling thing, I don't even know who he's talking about. You're gonna have to right. Find- so that's the thing. Um, so Artie kind of, you know, Artie was fired up on this. Like he called oh, yeah. like way early on it, you know, and then he <laughs> sent me direct messages about who this guy is. And in his voicemail, he says, it's like, oh, you probably know who this guy is, but maybe you don't know who this guy is, but everyone knows who this guy is. And Artie, I will have you know that no one knows who the fuck this guy is, right? <laughs> um, so on top of like everything else, like one, he lies about how long he's been wrestling for. He's like, oh, I'm this 18-year pro. He started in 2011, right? Okay. Um, that's 11 years. That's 11 years, not 18 years. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> um, so just within the last two years, he decided to start doing a gimmick of Jack Vaughn. Uh, the veteran Jack Vaughn. And he wears, like, it, he's essentially, like, if you took Jim Cornette's words and <laughs> Mashed. I have a picture of him up here on the screen here. Yeah, I like see if it. if you got both members of FTR and smashed them together, and that's that's what this guy looks like. But like real shitty looking, and I'm sure like all he's doing is just taking a bunch of cornette talking points and putting them on TikTok, and he's getting a lot of views for them. That's great. But like prior to this, his gimmick was Dead Vaughn, where he was like part of like a death metal tag team or something. Okay. So it was just like he saw where the grift was going and he decided to be smart enough. This is on the screen right now. This is Dead Vaughn here in his karate gi and okay. Hayabusa mask, right? Yeah. That's that's Dead Vaughn. And then two years ago, he decided I'll be an old-timey grift wrestler to work the boys. And I feel bad. Already still a young man in this wrestling business. Not his uh, old-timey strongman business, which he's much more smart on. But again... <laughs> This is a guy who's trying to get a rise out of people, and it's working on a very small scale. If his hero, Jim Cornette, saw this, Jim Cornette would make fun of this and hate every aspect of this. And it would crush this guy's life that (laughs) he just decided to take all Jim Cornette talking points and turn it into a wrestling character on the lowest of low-end Ohio and Midwest indies. So again, go look up the veteran Jack Vaughn. Go give him... Uh, his million views that he has on TikTok across however many videos that he has up on TikTok. My niece is six and she has a video of her doing a burnout in her power wheels. And that has a million views on TikTok. So you ain't impressing nobody. Come to me with your merch sales, right? Show me how <laughs> much, show me how much you got paid for your show this weekend. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're going to stay in character, you dumb fuck don't, tweet on one hand on how nobody knows how to work and you're this great old timer and then in the next tweet talk about how the Lamb of God album that just came out slaps right (laughs) so if you want gimmick advice I'll charge you for it and I'll be able to get you actually over and I might talk to some people that I know in the Midwest that might actually book you but I want a finder's fee yeah you gotta cut that fucking money Listen, if I get Ultramantis book places, I can certainly get you book places. The only reason <laughs> Ultramantis ain't booked in more places, because he don't want to be booked in more places. You yeah. come talk to me, you jerk off. 
<laughs> Get the fuck out of here, 18-year vet. Two years ago, you were a fucking Hayabusa ripoff in a karate gi. I don't want to fucking hear a word out of you. <laughs> I love how you just got fired up out of nowhere. I'm fired up today. Yeah, I like it. I'm trying to change my diet so I'm not so goddamn fat and it's having effects on me. Oh, geez. Yeah. So we're only two days in, but still. <laughs> Next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Tim. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you all slept as good as I did last night because it's finally happened. Our Orange Cassidy, the LVAC's original ace, a man who has nonchalantly and lackadaisically wormed his way into the hearts and minds and souls of everyone that we've known all along. He finally did it. He finally got championship gold. And I just wanted to call because this is the place where I feel like it could all be appreciated together. What a happy day. Now let's get one for Eddie. Am I right? Remember, everybody, kiss your homies. Love you guys. And yes, go ahead. I was going to say that that, I think that's Tim's first call. And what a high quality call that was, too. That's right. He has the special voicemail line. I like it. Where the fucking calls are actually audible. Anyway. (laughs) Um no, no, but yes, Tim, thank you very much. Of course, we talked at length about Orange Cassidy and our love for him. Uh, I think I've gotten all the fired upness out of my thing, but I will. I, but I don't think I do because, Tim, if you're in any circles where they don't like Orange Cassidy, get the fuck out of those circles. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good litmus test of, like, who you should hang out with. Just go yeah. and ask any of your wrestling fans. Like, don't even say, like, how great was it that he won the title? Just be like, oh, did you catch that main event of Dynamite, Pack versus OC, and just see what they say and, uh, you know, make adjustments to your friends list accordingly. If they start off by saying, God damn, motherfucker, just start walking away. <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't even let them get the rest out because it'll be homophobic, racist, sexist, everything right after that. Yeah. But All right. Next, you, thanks for calling, Tim. Next caller. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It is Tom Green. Um, I forget if I called this week or not. If I did, uh, just erase this one or something. I don't know. Um, I don't erase calls. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but thinking about the other day, um, how in like high school and college, we used to go to Hooters for all the pay-per-views back before we had a network where we can pay like nine bucks a month to watch all of them. Um, and... So WrestleMania 20, the year that Benoit won the belt, and I went there with some like older kids, and some, there were some grown men there who believed the action in front of them was actually like a fight and stuff, and that's so so weird. Um, but the main event comes, and it had been on the internet for months. Benoit was winning the belt, like that was the the newsletter news at the time, um, and nobody believed in Hooters that he would win the belt because you know. Triple H and Shawn Michaels are like supermen at that time. So one of them, one of the one of the older high school kids, like I'll bet you fifty bucks that Shawn Michaels wins. I'm like, okay, cool deal. And then I won fifty bucks from him, and it was super cool. And I think no, no, the next year was when Triple H, no, it was uh, Edge pulled out thumbtacks. I think it was the Edge Foley match. Whichever one of them pulled out the thumbtacks, I think it was thumbtacks. Either way, it was a bag of thumbtacks in somebody's match. Maybe 22, I don't know. I remember a grown-ass man who looks at the bag of thumbtacks and as earnestly as possible screams, maybe that's a snake. <laughs> and then the thumbtacks came out and he goes, oh, it's not a snake. 
I thought it was fun. Anyway, um, you guys have any fun stories of watching uh, wrestling pay-per-views at Hooters? Probably <laughs> not you, Adam, because you like don't watch wrestling unless it's, I don't know, AIW or LVAC or Russo WCW or Alexa, Pitt, Alexa Bliss Gifts. Um, but I'm sure you do, Joe. So have fun. Bye. <laughs> Uh, Tom's got me figured out because that's pretty much all the wrestling I watch. <laughs> um, I I can't say that uh, I've watched any wrestling pay-per-views at a Hooters because A, to the best of my knowledge, there's no Hooters around here. And B, I think the only time I've ever been to a Hooters was when I was in Chicago in 2000 for Wizard World. I had dinner there once. That's the only time I've ever been in a Hooters. Uh but uh, now I'm not a big go places to watch pay-per-view guy. So uh, it's it's so funny. And again, I don't screen these calls beforehand. We don't have Hooters around here, as, as uh, Adam mentioned. I think the nearest one that we have to us is in Philly. It's outside the King of Prussia Mall. And I don't even know if it's still there. But like as of like six years ago, it was still there, right? Yeah. Um, so, but we did have sports bars, like generic sports bars. And we were talking at the beginning of the show, that 1990 angle that led into the 91, uh, Royal Rumble, right? Mm. So the area that we live in, we did not have pay-per-view until 1991. Anytime the, like the little like Scranton, uh, Taylor area that I lived in, like across the bridge or whatever it was in Dixon City, their cable provider had pay-per-views, so I'd go to my uncle's houses and watch the pay-per-views there, right? So in my little, like, Taylor Old Forge music area, 1991 is when we finally got pay-per-views, right? But we didn't get a pay-per-view at our house, because we didn't know that it was there until we get, like, the cable bill and it says, like, now you can order pay-per-views. So, we went to the local sports bar called the Penalty Box, like every generic sports bar is called. <laughs> and it was uh, me and my mom uh, when I was in 1991. So, if I do my gazintas, I would have been like 13, right? Sure. So, it's a Saturday night at a sports bar. Me and my mom were there watching Royal Rumble 1991. Do you know what? Now that I think of it, like, I was thinking more modern, you know, because he mentioned Hooters. And I'm like, oh, okay. As an adult. I a couple times went to like a dive bar that was absolutely paying for the the bar pay-per-view and not like the consumer pay-per-view. So, uh, yeah. uh, but like I went a couple times with Prowler when I was just a wee <laughs> lad and it was the match me in heaven, match me in hell survivor series. Or, I'm sorry. SummerSlam, SummerSlam, right? Uh, Tuesday in Texas. So and, this would have been all 91. Yeah. And there was one other one. I, whatever, the the show was that led to Tuesday in Texas, the one that had the Schmaz Undertaker Hogan thing. Survivor uh, Series. Survivor Series. So I feel like it was just those three shows, but it was in ninety one. Yeah. So I was eleven years old. So we did, like I said, me and my mom went to the the sports bar to get that, and then after that, we just start getting the pay per views at the house, right? Yeah, yeah, I had the same here, and then I, I forget how long before we got the the magical box that resulted in all the pay-per-views. <laughs> <laughs> but the only other time was, and again, it would have been 2011. It would have been whatever the, the that year's WrestleMania, that was Miz and uh, Cena as the main event, right? Mm. Uh, it was my last weekend doing anything for uh, Dragon Gate. We were on our way home. It was me, my wife, Jigsaw, and Eric Cannon. We're driving home from Georgia to come to Philly, right? Because um, we were uh, actually we're going to. So we actually we're coming home. We're going from Georgia uh, to 
here and we're dropping cannon off at the airport and then we're dropping jigs off at the bus station. Right. Mm. So it was just one of those things like we're going to drive and everyone's just going to be on their phones to see like, okay, pay-per-view starts at X. Once it starts getting close, we're just going to look to see where the nearest bar is off whatever exit, no matter where we are, we're just going to get off and we're going to watch WrestleMania. Right. Mm. My wife was pregnant at the time. So she came in, she had like a salad and then went and slept in the car. Right. (laughs) And we ended up being there at the uh, pay-per-view and something happened uh, during the pay-per-view that it cut out all of the uh, JR or the uh, the King Michael Cole match. Oh, that's a shame. Yes. <laughs> um, but we actually ended up running into, and I forget what his name was in Evolve, Dragon Gate, whatever, but he was in FCW. He was, like, Ziggler's partner. I think he's still kicking around, like, the North Carolina Indies, like, as Brad Attitude. Like, he just happened to be there. And, like, we had been on a bunch of shows with him during the Evolve days. Like, we hung out with him. We all got tanked. We had a good time. Yeah, and is there a more indie wrestling, like, shindy wrestling name than Brad Attitude? Absolutely not. (laughs) Maybe the funny clown or something when you can't legally use doink, you know? (laughs) Yeah. All right, next call. Hey, guys, it's Kevin. Um, so I was disappointed at the end of Raw that the whole DX 25th anniversary was that and just nothing really and, you know, some dumb jokes at the beginning. And I can't remember when Triple uh, H and Shawn Michaels came out years ago and they said that there used to be more of us. And looking at them uh, this past week on Raw, I was kind of hoping that someone would say that there used to be four of us. No, because Billy Gunn couldn't be there. China's past. We don't mention Tori or Hornswoggle or <laughs> Rick Rude. You know, anything else along the way there. But it was sad. And Joe, I know you're a big Simpsons fan. It kind of reminded me of when they did that, uh, what was it? The Simpsons were at the opening of a mall and here's the cast of Bonanza and two uh, Native Americans who had been on the show were the only cast members alive to make the appearance. And this goes to the question is, is this DX one shot little reunion here the saddest try them out one more time, or can you think of a sadder one? Uh, the closer it gets to that Bonanza reference, the better. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to hearing the show. Bye. Um, like, here's the thing about the 20, was this the 25 year anniversary, you said? Right. I'm sure they'll just do better on the 30th anniversary or, or the 35th anniversary or well, try again on the 40th, you know? Right. So th- they don't do so they don't do DX anniversaries by the fives. They just do it like whenever there's a raw milestone. It's like, oh, it's raw 1000. Let's try it out DX. It's like, oh, it's the anniversary of Shawn Michaels losing his smile. Let's try it out DX. Like whoever <laughs> we got, let's trot them all out. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say that each one is sadder than the last, but I would say the saddest trot him out um, hasn't happened yet because Ric Flair still got one more match left in him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Undertaker ones are pretty fucking sad. Oh, my like, God. The, yeah. Underta- the Undertaker one was real bad. Um, yeah. Like when he did his TED talk and talked about like Jesus and stuff and <laughs> uh, playing dominoes in the back with everyone, like the same three stories that he tells everywhere he goes. <laughs> Um, those are pretty sad. Um, but yeah, I, I think the next Ric Flair return match, like one more match or whatever it is at the next star cast that Conrad does, that'll, <laughs> that'll be the saddest one. 
<laughs> yeah, this annual show that they're going to be the Ric Flair last match, part two, part three. Right. I think I made the joke on uh, one of the other shows this week where it's like, oh, it's it, just like Terry Funk. Well, this was his Amarillo retirement, like how that was his North Carolina retirement or wherever the hell the fucking Starcast was this time. He still has to have his like New York retirement and he still has to have his Hawaii retirement and like all these other places that he's going. Yeah, when they when he does his Lehigh Valley retirement, you can get one of those sick 3D printed figures. Right. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks kevin thanks kevin all right last call purple pink button time listen to me purple button pink button time dwight's the purple button ed's the pink button hey joe and adam it's ed um hey adam uh i know i dm'd you but i'm gonna say it on air too so people don't think that i <laughs> i'm a, i'm a rude boy and didn't get back to you I don't know if we're going to Cobalt. I don't know what's going on Saturday. I don't know if we're headed back or what's going on. Um, I will talk to Pat to figure that out. Um, but, hey, about LVAC, I got an idea. Um, I'm kicking around, and I just want your guys' opinion on it. Um, that's a long drive. I don't know if I'll be up to wear a costume. But if I do, do I go Catgirl, or do I, like, try to win this thing? Because I do have, like, a dope-ass Hayabusa costume. Like, it's fucking dope. I think I could win this costume contest with it. Uh, the problem with the Hayabusa costume, though, is the mask. It's hard to do drinks in, and it's even harder to do nose beers in. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure if that's the way to go. But it is fucking dope. Um, oh, I checked. The Raw that you guys are going to talk about, this is probably my first markout moment as, like, a little wrestling fan. Is when the Legion are doing the tag titles. Uh, I know Dude Love is what got me addicted to it, but, like, the first uh, thing I ever freaked out about, I remember being, like, losing my shit and, uh, and waking my parents up, is uh, Hawk and Animal winning those belts from those hillbillies. <laughs> um, I love I love the Legion of Doom, man. Uh, one of my favorite tag teams ever. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I'm pretty stoned. Uh, so yeah, let me know what you guys think. Cat Girl Hayabusa, your, your opinions will carry more weight than, uh, people on Twitter. So I'm not even going to ask them. I'm just going to leave it. Leave it up to you boys. <laughs> uh, but then again, seven hour car ride. So I don't even know if I'll feel up to doing it, but, uh, I'll take opinions. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right, so I, is I'll, is Ed saying that he's unsure if they're going or not? He's saying they're unsure if they're going to Knobles. Oh, to Knobles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because of the fact that despite your recommendations for pre two p.m. events, spin uh, art, bingo. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you hit the park at two. You do what you want to do, and then you got to hit the road back to Ohio. So I get that, like. It would be better if you can, you know, maybe start the roller coastering uh, at like, you know, 11, 12, whatever. Um, but yeah, I spoke to Ed, you know, like he said, we spoke in DM. Uh, I did disappoint him in the fact that I told him, I was like, hey, man, this is the, the real shoot on Knobles. There's not much going on aside from you hit those three roller coasters in under a half an hour and then you're pretty much done. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, so if they go, I, do, I am going with them, hopefully. Um, as far as the the costume thing, man, that is tough because I would like to see him in this dope 
Hayabusa costume, but maybe get a straw. You know, you could tuck a straw underneath the the mask and suck up both kinds of beers with it. I was going to say maybe two straws. <laughs> yeah, one stuck in the nose, one in the mouth. You don't have a whole system going on here. Um, I don't know, man. Like, you can't go wrong with either one. Uh, the sexy cat girl is pretty cool, but uh, Hayabusa costume, I'd like to see it. I think he might win with that, but I don't know. What do you think? Uh, are you going to win, Ed, or are you going to have fun, right? Uh, first of all, obviously you're not a professional that you're wearing a full face mask and you haven't figured out how to do beers or nose beers. You're a piker. Stay home, right? <laughs> Secondly, you want my opinion? I say, what if Hayabusa was a cat girl, right? <gasps> Ooh. There's your that's, money. That's pretty meta. That's got that is. <laughs> It gets everything that Ed loves involved in the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just say, uh... You know, you can kind of lift the mask as need be, as long as it's not going to fuck up the eye makeup for Hayabusa too, too much, and do what you need to do, right? Um, I feel like, wouldn't it just fold up like Spider-Man's mask? You know, you don't have to mess with the eye portion, you just kind of lift the, the mouth section? No, I, so that's true, but like the Hayabusa mask has like the open eyes, right? Yeah. And then you have like makeup that you wear underneath that. And if he's constantly, like, lifting his mask up, even just, like, that little bit might fuck up the makeup that's underneath it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. But again, I say, what if Hayabusa was a cat girl, you know? (laughs) Maybe we'll find out in uh, seven days. Just, like, a full Hayabusa costume with the cat ears and maybe a tail. Yeah. I think that'd be perfect. I, I sounds I'm I have my eyes closed and I'm doing the Joel Silver where I have my hands up and I'm picturing the movie screen in front of me and yeah. I could just imagine it, you know, uh, hopefully we don't have to just imagine. It. Hopefully we'll see it in person and just, you know, eight short days. Don't dream it. Live it. They say. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. Adam, you have homework to assign, don't you? I do. I do have homework to assign. And Joe, I just want to be very specific about something with this homework. All right. Uh, and, and this is more of a disclaimer, if anything else. Um, obviously, I, I had teased what some future upcoming homeworks might be. And this is not it. Good. Um, I mean. <laughs> well, you might want to change your tune in a second. You might be begging for that homework in a minute. Um, so here's the thing. Every once in a while. Somebody or multiple somebodies will slide into my DMs with homework recommendations. Ed. Uh, sometimes it's an obscure Japanese wrestling promotion with no English, you know, commentary. Ed. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not I don't I don't divulge my sources, Joe. <laughs> I'm a broadcast journalist. So and then there's other times where maybe a certain different person will remind me every time that there's a new Nightmare Factory episode. Um <sighs> But here's the thing. I got a homework recommendation from somebody else recently. And this is somebody or maybe a pair of somebody's who has never recommended homework to me before. But this is the DM I got. And this was on September 22nd. So I've been, this has been, you know, I've been stewing on this for a little bit. But here's the messages. Adam, next time you assign homework, we found something. And then there's a link, and then it says, dude, you have to, with capital H. It is so unreal. All right? So I'm like, all right, are they being sarcastic, or do they really want me to assign it? So I clicked on it, and I'm like, "Uh, this is questionable. 
but we're gonna we're gonna watch available on YouTube, and I'm not gonna divulge who who assigned this homework unless I end up getting canceled. And Joe, you already said I'm uncancelable, so uh, it is called Women's Extreme Wrestling: Colon Booty Assault Wrestling. <laughs> on youtube i did watch like a couple minutes of it just to make sure it wasn't like porn and apparently it's just like bad ecw style women's wrestling from like the late 90s early 2000s i don't know but the link will be available in the show notes and i'm sure kevin hellions will enjoy it uh and uh don't blame me blame the uh the pair of people who might have a podcast uh that recommended this to me Uh uh-huh Women's extreme wrestling. Do I have to pay for this thing? No, no. It's actually, I think it's that that first one that's on your screen right there. Okay, it's, it's only, only an hour. It's only an hour. Sure, sure. Oh, does that other one have Allie in it? That's what it looks like. Sure. Oh, Should have went with that one. That's only thirty-two minutes. But hey, you know what? Uh, blank and blank re- recommended this one, so uh, we're gonna watch it. So we have. Uh... ODB versus Christy Ricci. Uh, Mickey James taking on Amanda Storm. Uh, April Hunter taking on Black Barbie. Oh, see, I misread. I thought that said Barbie Blank. I was excited for No. G.I. Ho taking on Lady Storm. Probably from the Storm Academy. Sure. And Ty Weed Killer. And Psycho Bitch, with a Y, taking on the Smoke and Sound Guy. Oh, Mixed Match, Sound Guy. All right. Again, I, I bear no responsibility for this. Um, and, and, and if there's a lot of blowback, I will da- I will name names, but I don't mm. want to. <laughs> now, I will say it was a while ago, and this was covered on... Uh, Brian Zane's Wrestling with Regret channel many, many, many uh, years ago or even months, like a long time ago, right? Yeah. And uh, he kind of did like the entire like history of the things. He didn't just review one show. Um, But I will say there are going to be a lot of people to uh, excited to hear that this is a show that the smoke is on. And and if you're not aware of who the smoke is, Adam, uh, you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, hey, Aren't you? And then I got smoke stories for you. <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you're super pumped to watch this, Joe. Oh, this is gonna be horrible. <laughs> this is, I I know the show is dog shit, right? <laughs> Perfect. But this is one of those things where, again, when you sign sh- assign shitty shows, you have to watch them as well. Yeah, it's all right. It's only an hour. Hour five, but I get you. <laughs> All right, so next week, it's Women's Extreme Wrestling, Booty Assault Wrestling. Yes, available on YouTube. Available on YouTube, sure. Um, So, hey, as a bit of a palate cleanser, after you end up watching this and you feel filthy, uh, go buy some tickets and join us at Sokol's next Friday, the 21st of October, for Let's Hang Out Spooky Edition. I'm um, just double-checking the Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium schedule, and I'm almost 100% sure it will not be streaming live, but it hopefully will go up uh, afterwards. Uh, but definitely come hang out. As you heard, 
Uh, Ed and Pat from Pod Van Dam are going to be there. Myself and Adam are going to be there. There's a chance that I hear Fig Daddy Cool might be sniffing around. Uh, Brett and DJ from We Need Wrestling are going to be there. Maybe Doug from Wings on Wings are going to be there. So, And uh, I know uh, the boar will be there, but Mr. Tim will not be there. He's kind of made it clear that, unfortunately, he has other arrangements to go uh, take care of. Uh, but the card has been shaping up. We've got four matches of the five announced. Uh, we have Davian taking on uh, Edith Surreal. We've got Big Dan taking on Max the Impaler. Poor Big Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a four-corner tag team match. And what the hell did they call it? Uh, it's like Freddy's something or other. Freddy's Fright Night four-corner free-for-all, but with tag teams this time. <laughs> uh, oh, I wonder and, if Freddy from the movies will be there. That's what I said. I hope this match summons him somehow. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, the current colony of Electro and Ultimo Ant, Jeff Cannonball and Chris Worthless, uh, Havoc and Blackstrom, and the creeps of Irving West and Andy Ripley are in this. And then uh, in a regular straight-up tag team match, Gummy Boar of the Boar and Erica Lee, who are looking to sell you a house, are taking on the flirtation, which is Love Doug, who had made his debut at the October show last year, and his tag team partner, The Tender Weapon. Mm, okay. And I know uh, Cindy Bacabella will be managing Big Dan on this show. I know I will be doing commentary with Avery Good, uh, professional commentator, so, again, you know, obviously we mentioned before the Steel Stack show was like the big WrestleMania, the big blow off, the big everything else. Uh, this is back to LVAC roots, uh, the sort of thing that makes me feel good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm looking forward to $2 bottle beers at that place. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, if that's uh, your thing, I got to be up early for a Boy Scouts thing the next day so I can't get too crazy. Uh, but the link in the show notes are for tickets. Tick- tickets are still available. Um, you know, obviously, until they take the link down, that'll guarantee you entry access uh, to the show. Again, it's a much smaller venue than the Steel Stack show. Uh, so this one will and can sell out very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, it's been probably a week or so since I saw the tweet, but they were saying that they were more than 75% sold. And that was a week ago. So, right. Don't wait. Uh, so also, you can help us out. This doesn't help us out other than, you know, supporting the cause. Uh, but go to our T Public store. The sale is on until this Sunday. 35% off any of those add-outs with wrestling-inspired designs uh, over at our T Public store. I think it's through the mothership Longbox Heroes, tinyurlcom slash Heroes, or just search Longbox Heroes or add-outs with wrestling or whatever it is on T Public's thing. And you can get other things other than shirts like cell phone covers and notebooks and all this other crazy shit. Uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through affiliate link. It's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you get these episodes. does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include, I assume inspired by your weekly purchases from last week about those, the uh, NWO uh, sweatpants, was it? <laughs> it was like a hoodie, yeah. Right. Uh, I guess Zubaz also sells a bunch of other designed uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, or whatever, and somebody picked up a Macho Man one. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, 
and uh, sure. And somebody also purchased for the PlayStation Five a game called Death Loop. Okay. I don't know what that is. If you don't have Pokemon in it, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I only play four games over and over and over again, and that's not one of them. So. All right. But either way, thank you, uh, whoever made those purchases uh, here. And uh, then you have, like, podcasts or something to talk about, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, those podcasts that you should listen to, much more enthusiastically than I'm going to promote them here, are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Music, Jesus Christ, I did it again. We need wrestling. It's not like I have a fucking list in front of me that I'm reading. We need wrestling. Hit my music. Porch Talk, which just had its 50th episode. Go check it out. Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, The A Show, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, If You Catch My Grift, and No Chance in Helmet. Uh, so I want to uh, just throw this out here, as you mentioned, all those uh, shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got a message, uh, private messages from multiple people and then public messages. Uh, PSA, not Michael, but PSA, uh, Pod Van Dam will be posted late because of me, and that's Justin. Summers. I didn't turn my Google Drive syncing back on, so now Jonas can't post it until I get home and turn it back on. And a specific tagged apology to me, which, thank you, I accept your apology. But it is currently 10.30 Eastern Time, and the episode's still not up. So what the fuck, right? (laughs) Yeah, fucking Summers. I think he should be. I think he should be docked his pay over this getting up so late, right? I I agree. Ed, relay that to Jonas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> Jonas don't listen to nothing, right? I, I know. That's why I said Brad to tell him. Yeah, I'll, I'll text. I'll, maybe I've already texted Jonas and told him that. <laughs> yeah, and also I feel bad. Uh, IWTV Guide isn't IWTV Guide anymore, but I forgot the name of the show now. It's like God it's damn it! Guide. Yeah, they changed it. I so again I don't know what you do for your list of the podcasts uh-huh. but DJ uh back in the day when he was still working out the kinks of it he had a piece of paper that he would put on the back of his notebook that he would do for we for we need wrestling right uh-huh. and then he would fuck it up or he'd fuck up writing it up or like a new show would get added so he'd have to like get a new piece of paper to put on the back of his notebook I felt so bad for him <laughs> um but I don't know. You're another one that needs to clean your shit up. Come on, get on the ball. I was, uh, all right. So you know what? I, I feel like the the plug list needs a purge. I think uh, it's too long. <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of. I'm gonna get rid of no chance in helmet. I think I'm gonna give that another week or two, and then it's it's gone until like they come out with new episodes. <laughs> they're never coming out with new. They're only gonna once a season. They might if they ch- if teams change their helmets. That's what I understand. No, I get you. So yeah, that might that might get the boots. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at this and seeing some of you guys are on thin ice. So uh, you right. better <laughs> you better ship up or shape out. <laughs> you write the list. You, listen, Adam. You write the list down, including us, in alphabetical order, and I'll tell you which ones you could start taking off, starting from the bottom of the list going up. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Right. Uh, so uh, I think now uh, I think we hit everything right. Except for Adam's favorite part of the show. Yeah, that's it. Let's get to the main event. Money, 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 money. 
might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> uh, Joe, not a lot of stuff from me, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> Like, single uh, s- single digit purchases? Uh yeah, single digits. Uh but I'll, I'll get right into it and I'll throw it over to you in case you have anything. I I didn't purchase any f- any new figs this week. Uh I-, I I take that back. I purchased one figure this week. I ordered from Target cuz Target was doing a lot of sales and so was Amazon cuz Amazon had their little thing with uh you know like an early prime day. Yeah. Uh, but like Target and a lot of like Walmart and them were doing sales because of New York Comic Con, um, you know, which was obviously this past weekend. So a lot of stuff was on sale. So I took advantage of the sale and I ordered the Target Legend Rey Mysterio figure, like the ECW one. Right. And it came in and it got destroyed and I have to go order a replacement. Yeah, of course it did. It was in a box too, but it was still destroyed. Um, it was destroyed by my standards. But uh, And I ran a lot of opportunities this week where things that I had bought like in the last month or so were on sale now. And like the only way to take advantage of that sale was to order another one. And then return the previous one, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, but I did that like four times to Target this week. Uh, so uh, they when they see me walking in. I'm I, I'm quickly becoming the returns guy. So I got to maybe spread it out to different targets. But uh, I, I had actually bought, and I don't think I mentioned it on weekly purchases, but a couple weeks ago I bought the Target exclusive Raw set with uh, Razor Ramon, One Two Three Kid, and Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, you didn't mention that. Um, yeah, so I, I pulled the trigger on that a, like a week or two ago when it was, I don't know, I think it's like 65 bucks, but Target had it on sale for 10, 15 bucks off this past weekend. So I just canceled my previous order and just pre-ordered it again at the lower price. Like, I don't know why <laughs> they just wouldn't automate that because why wouldn't you just cancel your other order? Um, but yeah, that's really the only figures I bought was the Rey Mysterio and I re-pre-ordered that uh, raw set. So I know you were doing a lot of doll safarian, right? I was, yeah. And I know you didn't buy anything, but one of the things that you took a picture of and sent out was the shitty fig swap of the uh, Cesaro figure, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that was... It was one of those where I had to really look hard to see what the hell I was looking at. Because I don't know what the original figure was, because the head wasn't a figure off... Or wasn't a head from another figure. Yes, it It was. It was like... Well, it was, but it was, like, repainted. Uh-huh. It was hand-painted. Like, somebody took the trouble to hand-paint a fig swap. Okay. But go so, ahead. I know, so, you were at my Walmart, which is a disaster anyway. Absolutely. Uh, and I was just up there on Wednesday to get, uh, you know, my kid the rest of his birthday stuff. And, again, his birthday stuff doesn't count for the weekly purchases, whatever. Um, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, we dumped a bunch of money for his birthday party. Like, whatever, right? So I'm like, hey, we're here. Let's go look at the toys. And I was looking at the picture when you put it up. And I'm like, I think I know what they did. I think I know what head that is. And I went to the Walmart. And, of course, that figure was still there because who the hell is going to buy that, right? Yeah. And I looked at it. 
that's a Mojo Rawley head. Is it? Yes. Oh, poor bastard. That's what I said. That's what I said. At first, I'm like, is that a Mojo head? And that's why I said they did Claudio dirty by giving him Mojo's head. (laughs) And the funny thing was there was a Miro figure, you know, the the video game playing Miro, where they, like, opened him up and they put Cesaro's, like, knee pads on him. I don't understand. So here's the thing. I don't condone violence. And anything I'm about to say should be taken as parody and farcical and definitely not serious. It's the entertainment portion of the show. I haven't said that in a while. It's the entertainment portion of the show. If you ever see somebody doing a fig swap where they're, like, returning the wrong thing in a package because they're too cheap to pay 20 bucks for a figure, uh, you should probably punch them in the face. Um, and again, I say that just jokingly and not at all serious, but like they're the lowest scum of the earth. I'd be hard pressed to disagree with that. Yeah. What did you buy, Joe? So I did buy something this week. Um, so sadly, you know, there's something that I kicked the tires on a couple months ago, uh, that was kind of him and hawing about it. And I was trying to find a good replacement for, my mp3 player because i'm an old i don't like using my phone as my mp3 player i hate having an app that i have to rely on i like doing my you know ripping the raw audio and putting it on my thing it's just the way that i've always done it right Mm. and i'm gonna show you here adam so this is like when you because it's a sony walkman okay yeah so i don't want this piece of shit right here which is just like a little flash player gimmick yeah i need the screens but like look at the prices on the new models of these okay yeah. Like and this is the this is a thing that's maybe like as big as like you know like an uh like an orbits or an extra pack of gum, right? Maybe like a little bit smaller than that. So look at the prices on these as I still have my screen share up, okay? Mm-hmm. So this one right here is the closest to mine. Like it almost looks exactly like mine, but mine's black instead of whatever this like camouflage color is. Look at the fucking price on this thing, right? That's almost three hundred fucking dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So then you got your knockoff ones here. And whatever, and then, like, sometimes you'll find one that's, like, priced like this. Like, this is my exact one, right? So I still, I'm like, fuck it. Uh, So this week, there's a hold button on it, right? Because you put it in your pocket, and sometimes a button will get bumped or something. The hold button stopped working, right? So I'm like, fuck, I actually need to buy one. So I looked, and there was one on here on sale for 58 bucks. (laughs) So I ordered it. It's not here yet, so I'm just, like, very carefully, you know, being safe with my MP3 player, because God forbid I'm in the middle of, like, this five-hour between the sheets, and I accidentally bump the the hold button's not there, and it bumps fast forward. I'm like, fuck, where the hell was I now in the middle of the goddamn thing, right? Yeah, they got to Um, rewind it seven hours of that episode. (laughs) But eventually, it's going to get, like, I'm almost at the point where, like, I was going to buy, like, three of these. As you can see here, purchased three times previously, Holy right? Yeah. Right, because I just buy the same one, right? Uh-huh. I don't like change. Um, and, like, they have the red one. They, they, they have this red one, but the red one only comes in the 4 gig. It doesn't come in the 8 gig, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Uh, but I'm getting a new MP3 player, which is the same one that I've already bought twice prior. <laughs> So the the reason why, and I don't uh, I don't know if you know this, the reason why you'll see a lot of MP3 players come up in the search that are like three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars, is those are high res digital players that I don't need that. I know I, I get it, but they're going to be the only standalone MP3 player that's going to exist in a couple of years. Because right, like, that's why I said I might need to buy like three of this other one. Yeah. 
because like audiophiles will buy those because the the MP3 is not not uh, excuse me is not compressed. It can puts out a higher ohms for higher end headphones. Like there's a lot of cool things about those if you're into like listening to music on like thousand dollar headphones but most normal people joe in lieu of buying a 50 dollar mp3 player just use their phone so no yeah you you need to buy 10 of them just put them away and just prepare for the day that they don't exist anymore it's like a lane with a sponge <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like you go to listen to a podcast and you have to think about the wear and tear that that podcast is going to put on your mp3 player and be like i don't know if you're sony worthy <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's something to think about in the future you have to be more discriminant with your downloads that's true yeah but that was my only purchase this week Okay. Um, like I said, I just bought those two those two toys and not really any other toys, but uh, I did make another purchase this week. And Joe, I, I don't know if you know this, but like I'm a little bit of a phone snob, a little bit of a phone enthusiast. Uh, right. You even put framed broken phones on your wall. I wouldn't call them broken. They're deconstructed, but still. Can you, can you use them to make a phone call or catch a Pokemon? Uh, if I put them back together and oh. somehow reactivate the 3G network, probably, <laughs> you know, um, but here's the thing. So over the last year, I have been using uh, what was once the Lamborghini of cell phones, and that was the Google Pixel 6 Pro. Um, really, really, really good phone. Best camera on the market. Uh, like just completely destroys iPhone pros. Like they're garbage compared to the pixels camera. Um, but here's the problem with the Google six pro Joe. Um, it was 11 months old <gasps> and practically obsolete. Completely, like practically like I can't have a phone for more than a year. What am I fucking homeless? That's Who true. does that? <laughs> so, I pre-ordered and picked up earlier today the Google Pixel 7 Pro. And that was my big boy purchase for this week. And I'll tell you what, Joe. The 6 Pro was the Lamborghini of cell phones. This thing is the McLaren of cell phones, man. Every problem that I could have nitpicked with the 6 Pro is completely like squashed on this phone. This phone is... Fucking awesome, and I have never handled a piece of cell phone equipment that that was nearly as good as this. Like I am not even exaggerating. I'm blown away by this. A lot of times, because I'm a Pixel fanboy, I'm a Nexus fanboy, so I'll buy the Google stuff, and a lot of times I'll get them, and I'll be grumbling about something, but I won't tell anybody because that would crack the <laughs> illusion of being a Google fanboy because I'm tried and true, ride or die <laughs> with Google. But this time is the first time that I was using the phone, and I'm like, holy shit, everything works not only as I expected to, but like better than I expected to. So um, I've been playing around with it all day downloading apps like setting up like having to put my my password into five thousand different things and like after like all of that i'm still at like 70 percent battery like it is ridiculous of a phone and i still haven't played around with the unblur feature that it has for old photos um but like i have a lot of stuff to do so i'm i'm really excited about this highest possible recommendations if you're looking for a big boy phone and not a fisher price apple phone uh, Google 7 Pro. 
So, uh, so obviously the only thing that's wrong with this phone that in 10 months it'll be obsolete. That, that is true. And then I'll have to throw in the garbage and get the 8 Pro. Right. Yes. Um, so other than the camera and obviously the battery life, which, you know, our battery life is a big thing for me. Right. And storage space, eh, camera, whatever. Like I'll deal, you know, most pictures that I get from other people have their thumb in the way. Is there, <laughs> does the Pixel Pro have a thing that cuts people's thumbs off when it gets in front of the fucking lens when they're taking pictures? Uh, and maybe if it's off to the side, you can use the magic eraser and it'll get rid of the thumb. But if it obscures the entire photo, no, you're still fucked. Gotcha. Okay. So are you like doing video on this? What What's the, what's the plan with this phone other than just having I got to have the latest and greatest? Uh, I mean, if you want to get into the weeds, if you compare this to last year's phone, um, last year was the first year that Google had their own in-house processing chip, uh, and it kind of had its bugs. So this is the second generation of their in-house Tensor chip, uh, and it is about 20% more efficient on battery life. And that's one of the reasons they were able to put the same milliamp of battery in the phone. But because the chip, the processor is much more efficient, it is able to like last longer. Gotcha. Uh, in addition to the the battery life, the chip uh, just makes the phone overall faster. So it's just a, a speed increase, um, you know, the battery life increase. Uh, the camera has a significantly better zoom than last year. Um, and there's a bunch of other little bells and whistles on it. But I mean, to put it bluntly, if you're looking for the absolute best cell phone for filming video, you still want an iPhone pro, like a 14 pro a 13 pro just um, because of the in-house editing stuff, I would assume. Right. Yeah. And, uh, iPhones are still better at 4k video recording. Um, the 4k video recording on this phone is like maybe an eight out of 10, you know, versus an iPhone that's still a 10 out of 10. If you're looking for the absolute best processing power for playing video games, uh, you want the S22 Ultra, the Samsung S22 Ultra. But if you want the overall smoothest interface of the operating system or the best photo camera on the market, the Pixel uh, 7 Pro is it. So, like, gotcha. for me, what am I going to use it for? I'm going to take pictures of dolls at Target and Walmart. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really it. Or pictures of toys I bought uh, on my, my chair, you know, to put up on Instagram. So there's really not a lot of things that I would need the best camera on the market for. But like I said, I like the, a lot of the toys – or not toys, the uh, – like the – the novelty features the, of the camera, like the magic eraser, uh, the the face unblur, like things like that, where where Google's AI software is able to basically fix and enhance a photo. Uh, so, like, if you're not a good photographer, the software makes up for it by fixing that. You know, gotcha. Um, so I bought that because I I originally wasn't going to pull the trigger because. Uh, you know, I don't need a new phone. I just wanted a new one. But the importer exporter place had uh, an opportunity where if you traded in the six pro, uh, you got six hundred and forty five dollars. I'm sorry, five hundred and forty five dollars in trade in and a two hundred dollar importer exporter gift card. Oh, OK. So like when all was said and done, I spent under three hundred dollars on the new phone. You know, so I was like, okay, well, that's kind of if you were going to tell me that I could pay three hundred dollars every year and get the newest phone, I would do it in a heartbeat. You know, so it makes sense, and it's not bill credits or anything like that because I buy the unlocked versions and not the Verizon. Right. But 
I do have one other thing, Joe. Even bigger than this? Not bigger, uh, but related. So I have that $200 gift card burning a hole in my pocket. Oh, my goodness. Yes, of course. (laughs) And Google, in addition to launching the new Pixel phones today, uh, launched the Google Pixel Watch, smartwatch. And I wanted one of those because I'm a smartwatch guy. The last couple of years, I've been using a Samsung Galaxy Active, um, Active 2, actually. And it's about a three-year-old watch. I'm not as fast to get rid of my smartwatches. You know, I usually ride them until they're obsolete, which is very unatom like But uh, Google launches their Pixel Watch today. I want it. It comes in four different colors. I want a specific color. I have a $200 gift card to put towards it. Uh, the, the only importer exporter store that had one in stock was in vestal new york binghamton new york Um, i could have ordered it and just had it arrive at my house with free shipping in two days but i wanted it now uh so i drove to vestal Uh, i did some doll safaring I, i tweeted out those pictures got that watch been using it for about three hours now joe and i'll tell you my first impressions this is the biggest piece of shit i've ever bought ah and they kiss my ass i fucking hate this watch dude and (laughs) now granted i'm sure i will uh get used to it and learn to like it especially considered i traded in my samsung to get this and there's no take backsies on those uh i hate this watch and i'm like as much of a dummy as i come off on many 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 things on this show when it comes to technology i I'm fucking, I know this shit way better than nine out of 10 people off the street. This watch is way too, way overly complicated, way more complicated than it needs to be. Uh, Super unintuitive, super small screen, and it's fucking up all the features of my phone. All the good things I loved about my Pixel all afternoon, none of that stuff has been working ever since I hooked this watch up to it. I fucking hate the Pixel watch. I'm not returning it though. (laughs) Because it's Google, and I'm ride or die. <laughs> well, yeah. good luck. I've, I, my wife has uh, the smartwatch as well with her phone. We have the Samsung 22. We don't have the 22 Ultra. Yeah. Uh, the like the whole family does. Like she has it. She got it when it first came out in March. Me and my kid got it just last month. Uh, and she got the smartwatch for hers. Um, and she claims, I say claims, she has it because with her job, so she's not like constantly dicking around on her phone when she's getting a text or something with a school that's an emergency uh, with my kid, but it still doesn't prevent her from like actually responding to a text. Uh-huh. You know, like she sees the text, you don't respond to the text with a smartwatch. <laughs> <clears throat> and at least <laughs> twice since she's had it, since March, it just all of a sudden like, yeah, it's just for like 12 hours, she just won't get texts. And then all of a sudden she'll do something to sync up the phone with the watch. And then like every text that should have come in in the last 12 hours, just all pour in. Yeah. No, that's weird. It's it's a Samsung, right? That she has. Yeah. I see. Like I said, I had, I was an early adopter to smartwatches. The, the very first one I bought was a Motorola and I forget what it was called, but this is like six, seven years ago. And I bought that day one. It was a buggy piece of shit. But I rode it out for maybe six months to a year. Then I got a Movado smartwatch that was awesome. Um, but it was just getting long in the tooth after a year or so. And then I right. got the Samsung. And I rode that Samsung for three years and never had a problem. Like, it was mm-hmm. 
it was probably the best. I mean, it was the best smartwatch I ever had. Um, but like I said, I was like, oh, I want to get the Pixel Watch. They've been rumoring this for for over almost three years now, and it's finally coming out. And like I said, I gave it a shot. Maybe I'll learn to love it. Maybe I'll figure out what it is that's that's making the notifications and everything weird with my phone now. But uh, like I said, I should it should not be so complicated that somebody who sold cell phones and smartwatches for over 15 years should be stumbling through it and frustrated. You know what I'm saying? That you you make a good point. Yeah. Like if I'm having trouble operating this, how is Joe Schmo going to do it? You know, right. They're going to come and ask you. Exactly. I'm not going to know and everybody's going to be fucked. Right. Yeah, so that's it, man. I didn't make it uh, like a very little doll purchases, but a lot of technology purchases. Well, you're again. Well, listen, I'm uh, again. I glad. I'm. I guess I'm glad that you're uh, transferring whatever it is that you're doing with your money. But at least you're buying something that you could take nicer pictures of the stuff, right? Exactly, and I'll take nice, nice photos, nice, nice mark photos at uh, Elvac. Oh, there you go. They'll look so clear. <laughs> exactly. As long as there's not a thumb in the way. Yes, exactly. So uh, I, I think no, uh, we don't need uh, no heat, all uh, all heat, no heaters this week. Everything's okay there. Yeah, like I said, I could have stuck the smartwatch in there, but uh, just in your minds, everybody just sing the jingle. Okay, uh, I'll say this: I'm going to call my shot here, Adam. Let's uh, say two weeks from now, uh, based on a cryptic, uh, threatening Instagram post I saw this week. Uh, I think on the 27th of October, we'll be having an all heat, no heater segment. Oh, call, call it a hint. Call it, call it, uh, call it a premonition. Call it, uh, what you will, but let's just say it kisses up to a certain 15 month anniversary as well. Ooh. Took me a minute to figure out where you were going with that, but yeah, that should be a banger. And uh, Joe, if I was a betting man, I would say we will absolutely be having that segment. Because <laughs> <laughs> a cryptic, uh, poorly uh, graphic Instagram threat, uh, you know, that date hasn't moved uh, since. You know, it's been yep. been eight hours, so that's pretty much set in stone, right? I, I'm looking forward to that segment in two weeks and the possibility of us having the same thing a month after that. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, everyone, thank you very much for uh, hanging in there, listening to the show. Uh, tell a friend, spread the word. I love seeing people interact with the show on social media, you know? Yeah. Um, even if you're not like an active listener, if you will, uh, but we're like when we make dumb references or dumb jokes. Uh, with the show account and stuff, and I see the people that like it, I'm like, oh, they listen. That's so nice. You know, that makes me feel good. Yeah, or like every once in a while, like, you know, somebody will call into like Pod Van Dam and they'll say, oh, I heard this on Ad Odds. And I'll be like, I don't even know that person listens. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I still pop for that even after all these years. Yeah, it'd be great to hear that on Pod Van Dam this week. <laughs> if that episode ever comes out. Yeah, we'll see how the weekend's going. Uh, All right. So, uh, again, thank you one more time for listening. For Adam, this is Joe saying still be safe out there, everyone, and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 